Well, good morning once again. It is really good to see you. Um, I know we've got a number of people out on uh, last-minute vacations before school starts this week and all that, but uh, I'm, really glad that, I'm really glad that you're here. Um, last week, we started this series called Something More. It's about those times in our lives where we just sense that there may be something missing or there's something more that, that we, we should be experiencing, uh, something more that God has for us. You know, uh, uh, Jesus said in John 10.10 10, that the, th- uh, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you might have life and have it to the full, or have it in all its fullness, or have it abundantly, depending on what translation you're reading. And, and the fact is, though, that so often we don't, um, we don't feel like we're experiencing that life, that, that fullness of life that, that Jesus said. And there's this sense that there's something more. So that's what this series is about. And we started out last week by saying that, um, that the, the, the journey begins really with a spiritual thirst. A spiritual, you know, thirsting after more, thirsting after God, thirsting after God's presence. And I talked about, uh, if you were here, you remember I talked about Psalm 42, where it starts out, you know, as the deer pants for, or, or longs for uh, uh, the water brook, so my soul longs for you, O Lord. And I shared how that, my story of how that became so significant, that uh, in my life, that that psalm became so significant in my life, and, and that, and and you know, I, I go back to it often because I always want to be cultivating a deeper spiritual thirst in my life. You know, the commercial "Stay thirsty, my friend." Well, I always want to stay thirsty for Jesus. I always want to stay thirsty for God's presence in my life, and and you know, I'm seeing across the board. I'm seeing. So many people now that are starting to they're, they're, they're starting to sense this this thirst. I'm seeing it in our church. I, at the conference that we went to this week with church leaders and School of Kingdom ministry leaders, we saw that there's just a hunger and a thirst for more of God and for His presence. We saw it in, you know big time in our national conference in Dayton. You know, there's this thirsting for God's presence, and there's hung, this hunger for God's presence. And the cool thing is that when we start thirsting for more of Him, He answers, He meets us, He comes to us, and He gives us, He quenches, not quenches, but he, yeah, quenches that thirst, but then we get more. Um, and, you know, because God hears, you know, the, the, the thirsty prayers. Uh, and my hope was that last week, encourage us and stirred up some more spiritual thirst in all of our lives um, uh, and that you know we're asking you know continually asking God God I'm, I'm, I'm thirsty come and fill me fill me with your spirit get you know let your presence come God loves to let his presence come in our lives and 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 touch us and and minister to us and just when we in, learn to enjoy His presence, just recognize it and enjoying it, it's a, it's a wonderful thing. When we pray those prayers, He answers. He meets us in our place of thirst where we long for His presence. Now today, we're going to continue talking about going after this life of something more uh, with a message called surround sound. How many are familiar with that term, surround sound? All right, I... 
I can remember when this, uh, when surround sound first came out. And the idea was to enhance the moviegoer or the music listener's experience by separating the sound into different channels, not just you know a left and a right, but all around them to to surrounding them in all directions to make them feel that they're right in the middle of what's going on. You know, if you're watching a suspense film or something, you know, all of a sudden you hear something behind you and it's like, oh no, what's that? You know, it's like you hear the, the sound coming from, and it's really you're, you're surrounding it. Or if you're listening to music, you know, you're not just hearing the music with surround sound, you know, you're feeling it. You're in the experience of just being surrounded like you're right in the middle of the band, you're right in the middle of the music. Well, today's message is called Surround Sound because it has to do with influences that surround us on every side. On, on every side. We're surrounded by this thing called culture all around us. And culture is defined as the customs, arts, social institutions, and achievements of a particular nation, people, or other social, degree, other social group. So it's the customs, arts, social institutions, and achievements of a particular nation, people, or other social group. And to a large degree, that culture that we live in, in fact, much larger than we realize, the culture that we live in shapes our worldview. Um, and it's, you know, how we view life. And it's through our worldview that we interpret life and the events that surround us, and we don't even think about it because we don't realize it. How we view and interpret the events that happen before us is, is it's to a large part automatic because we've been conditioned by our culture to view them in a certain way. We're immersed in culture every day. It totally surrounds us and that culture shapes our worldview and our worldview interprets what we see and experience. Now culture is really a much broader term than having to do with just what country you live in or what your ethnic background is or so forth. Your workplace, where you work, has a cultural climate to it. Difference, a certain atmosphere, a certain cultural climate. Different sports teams have different cultures. You know, for example, some have a culture where there's a high value of teamwork and everyone works together to make the team a winning team. And the, the, the teams, you know, that succeed when, because the whole team is, you know, there's no superstars. You know, the whole team is pulling together to make the team a winning team. Players are quick to give other players the credit. They don't care about it so much. They want others to receive the credit and encourage them. Other teams have a culture where it's all about the superstar and everybody wants to be one. You know, and, and everyone wants the credit for themselves, and that's how they play. You know, and they're not going to pass the ball to somebody else to take a shot. They want to take a shot. Different teams have different cultures. Different churches have different cultures. Um, you know, their own, their, their own unique atmosphere. Some are very rigid and legalistic, and some are very grace-centered. Some are very inward-focused, where it's, you know, it's all about themselves and, you know, uh, it, it's closed to outsiders, and others are more outward focused. They have their doors open, they have their arms wide open, and they're, they're very welcoming to whoever wants to come. So, you know, there, there are different cultures. And the thing about culture is, sometimes the influences that they 
influence us with are healthy and good, and they encourage good things in us, they encourage that, it's, and other times they're not, sometimes very unhealthy. What we're going to look at today, we're going to talk about creating an atmosphere around us that will enable us to live the kind of life Jesus wants us to live, we'll experience that fullness of life that Jesus came that we might, uh, might experience. By developing a filter to allow the good in the culture that surrounds us to come through and filter out negative influences that surround us. For example, when we go through really tough times, anybody ever here ever go through any tough times? Just me. Okay. A few here. Okay. Yeah. You know, how do we face those? What's our mindset? How do we view the things that are happening to us? Do we do it through a a, uh, a mindset of faith and expectation in the midst of the struggle, or is there, is there fear that what's going to happen next? You know, just, just waiting for the next thing to happen. How are we going to view, view the, the, the circumstance we're in, faith or fear? It depends to a large degree on what input we are allowing to influence us. If you want to face it with faith, Paul tells us how in Romans 10, 17. He says, so faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. In other words, the more we hear and surround ourselves with God's word, and I'm talking about listening, I'm talking about reading, I'm talking about you know, watching or meditating, however, taking in, the, whenever we hear God's word, we take God's word into us, the more our faith will grow. Uh, that's, that's the key. At the same time, the more we're surrounded by negative influences, the more that's going to determine our outlook and the problems we face in life. So if you want to face the challenges of this world uh, uh, with faith, then begin by immersing yourself in God's Word. So let's talk about how we can filter out the negative destructive influences that surround us, because they are all around us, every single one of us and how we can in allow the good influences in. The first thing is we need to be aware of, of just what is influencing us. It sounds real simple, but it's not always that simple. We need to be aware of just what is influencing us. Um, you know, j just being aware, uh, that's, that's a great start. I would say most of the time we never realize the level of influence or our surroundings have on us. I mean, we don't even think about it. Music we listen to, movies and shows we watch, conversations we engage in and, and you know, at, at work or with our friends, the news we listen to, the things we read, even the things we say to ourselves, our self-talk, all of those things have a degree of influence over us. I mean, think about it. Whether you watch, you know, CNN or Fox News or MSNBC or any of the networks, that's going to shape your views on very various political and social issues. And they will all convince you that the one that you are watching is the truth. They have the truth. Everybody else is skewed. You know, we have the, you know, we're fair and balanced. Everybody else has fake news, right? I mean, whoever you're watching on either side, 
You know, uh, they're going to convince you that they're the one and they'll tell you why the other ones are wrong. They're shaping, uh, they're influencing us. It's important to realize just how much we're influenced by the things that surround us. I first became aware of this, first thought, thought of this when we lived in Fort Wayne. I was working in a mall, I was working in retail, and I'm going in to work one day, and I walk through the doors, and I'm going through the department, and, and I'm just going along, and all of a sudden I realize the minute I heard, the minute I walked through those doors and heard Chuck Berry playing over the intercom, Johnny Be Good, you like that song? Go, yeah, love that song. The minute I heard that, my attitude changed. There was an extra spring in my step that wasn't there while I was walking from the car into the door. It's like, you know, because I love that song, and it was playing, and it just, yeah, I'm ready to go. I no longer had my sport coat and tie on. I had my jean jacket on and my jeans, and I was, I was in a different place mentally as soon as I heard that song. And I was just, you know, not too far into the store, and I realized that, and the Lord just showed me. And it was just because he wanted me to be aware. He wanted to teach me something. Be aware of your surroundings. Be aware of the input that's coming into your life because it affects you. It affects your mindset. It affects your attitude. It affects, you know, so much. And, and I, you know, it's like it was a song that I love, and I, uh, you know, I still listen to it. You know, and, and, you know, it just, it wasn't a bad thing, but it changed something inside of me, my whole mindset, my whole attitude, um, uh, uh, even when I, when I didn't realize it. So to say that the things that we hear, see, watch, read, listen to, whatever, have no influence on us is really to deceive ourselves because they really do. They're some more than others, but they really do. So, and the same goes out with the people that we, that we hang out with. Um, we become like the people that we spend the most time with. We take on their values. We take on their opinions. We take on their, their behaviors. That's why, that's why the psalmist said in Psalm 1.1, says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. It's because if we do those things, we begin to take on some of what they bring to the table and that affects us. We become like them. We start doing the things they do. We pick up their attitudes and we pick up their behaviors. We begin to think like them. Now, here's what I'm saying in this. It's up to us to be responsible to evaluate the input that we receive from around us. You know, the things that we're reading, the things that we're watching. And, 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 and you know, I, I, I don't read just things that I agree with. I'll read stuff that I disagree with because I want to know what's being said. I want to know what's being brought into the conversation in that. But I'm aware of what I'm reading. And I'm also, you know, reading to think, you know, there may be something that I have a blind side to and I've never thought of before. And, and I... You know, and I read something from coming from a different perspective, and it's like, wow, they've got something to say. But I'm aware of what it is that's influencing me, my life. And I, you know, I'm not suggesting that we disengage from life and become hermits. I'm not saying we never listen in the news. But, you know, I know people who never listen to the news because it's, it's all bad. It's all, you know, this happening or that happening. And, 
and I don't want to fill myself. I, you know, I don't think we should live in the news. Certainly shouldn't be a headline in the news. Uh, but, but, you know, we need to be aware of what's going on in our culture, but we need to be aware also of the level of influence that the reporting has on us, that the reports have on us, and, and all of that. So I'm saying pay attention and exercise some care about the things that we take into us. Be discerning. You know, what, what's the message this particular media is trying to send? Am I willing to buy into it? What is the message they're bringing? Then, we, then you know, when we watch the news, ask, you know, am I getting the whole story? Or am I just presented with someone's agenda? I mean, that kind of discernment means you'll be a lot slower in jumping to conclusions whenever you hear a news report. And it means that you'll be a lot less likely to have your worldview shaped by someone who makes their living off of shaping your beliefs. <laughs> when it comes to evaluating influences, be discerning of what it, when it comes to the, what those around us are saying. You know, are they always... Are the people in your life always speaking doom and gloom and looking at worst case scenarios and, you know, are they always trying to sensationalize things or instill fear? Or are the voices in your life speaking hope, speaking from a place of faith, speaking encouragement? Whichever one describes him, fear, faith, whatever, it's determined more by the attitude of their heart than the circumstances that they're going through. There's negative people always around us. And I'm not saying that we don't talk to people or help people in that spot. I'm just saying, let's ask, how much am I willing to let this person influence me? Because, you know, it, 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 it could be their opinions. It could be, you know, maybe something happened to them and they're really offended and then we take up their offense and it affects us more than it affects them i'm working on a series doing you know some uh, i haven't figured out what i'm gonna call it yet but something along the lines with learning to live in a culture of offense because that's what that's where we are right now you know and and the first step is to be aware of who and what is influencing us and then eliminate the worst offenders Eliminate the worst offenders. I don't mean cut everybody out of your life. I don't hear me saying that. But you've got to be aware, and then you've got to begin to take charge of what kind of influence you're receiving in. In all areas. I, I love suspense shows. I love crime dramas. I love car chases. I love whodunits. It's not always the butler. You know, I, 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 I love shows like that, but there are certain ones that I used to love to watch that I no longer do, simply because they push the envelope too much, and I don't want to fill myself with that. Um, I don't want to fill myself with that much violence. Same goes with movies. There are mo some movies I have tried to watch, ones that popular ones, you know, they're out there that I'm the only one in the world that has never watched it, you know, and... And it's like, and, and it's okay, I, everybody's talking, i got to watch this. But I've I come to a point, the one in particular I'm thinking of, I came to a point where I just had to turn off because the violence was too much. Graphic. It was too graphic. It was too much. And it's like, I don't want to put that in me. I don't want to fill myself. 
with that. And, and, and anymore, before I watch any movie, just about before I watch any movie, I always go online and look at the parent's guide so I can see the online review of what's in the movie and, you know, it's broken down in different areas. If I look online and as soon as I see there's any kind of sex or nudity, I just like, nope, I don't care how good people are saying it is. I just don't want that input in my life. It, it, you know, I, I, I don't care how popular, I just don't want to fill my mind with that. Um, or maybe, you know, there's, there's, you know, more and more movies are coming out with a particular agenda they're trying to push. I want to be discerning. I want to be discerning. King David said in Psalm 101.3, he said, I will not set before my eyes anything that is worthless. And the, the, the NLT uh, version says, I will refuse to look on anything vile and vulgar. Culturally, it's not popular. But you know what? Culture isn't my measuring stick. Jesus is. I'm not living for culture. I want to live for Jesus. I, you know, if we want to go for something more, sometimes that comes at the cost of weeding out or pulling out things that are needless or even detrimental in our lives. It means being selective, ruthlessly selective at times in what we hear, what we watch, what we re what, uh, read, the things that we allow into our spirit. Now, you know, not out of a legalistic mindset, but just out of realization that there's a trade-off. There's a trade-off. I can't ask God for more of his presence and still, and then fill my life with a bunch of other stuff. Um, so we need to be selective with, with what and whom we allow to influence. You know, 1 Corinthians 15, 33 says, don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. You know, it's been said to me before that, you know, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. That is so true. Show me your friends. Show me the people that you hang out with the most. Show me who's the biggest influences in our lives and I'll show you your future. Because it's going to be the same. If you're in relationship with a person that is always dragging you down, and I mean always, and you know they're not a good influence, then maybe it's time to cut ties with that person. And I know that can be tough to hear. And I'm not saying, you know, cut ties with everybody in your life that does anything wrong. Or I, I, don't, don't hear me saying that. We need to be involved in people's lives. But we need to ask, am I being the influencer here? Am I influencing them for good? Or is it the other way down? Am I pulling them up or are they dragging me down? Um, third thing. To create a culture of increase and spiritual growth around you. Build your day around life-giving content. Build your day around life-giving or uplifting, upbuilding, building up content. You know, let, me, let me ask you something. Look at your typical day. Your typical day, how much of your day is life-giving to you? How much of it? I mean, the things that you walk away from and you feel better about, about yourself, better about your life. Every day you should have something in your life that's life-giving, that's uplifting, that's building you up, something that energizes you. 
I mean, for me, it's, it, it, it's things like, um, you know, time with family. Time with family can energy. It can also drain me with five grandkids at the ages they're at. But it's also at the same time, it, it energizes me, and, and, and it's upbuilding. You know, or, or, you know, when I see someone's getting sight, excited about the things that, that God is doing in their life and watching them grow in faith, I get excited. I get pumped up with that. I get pumped up with changed lives when I begin to see that. My time with the Lord every morning, you know, I, I've shared before. I used to, like, do it because, oh, man, i got to do this thing again. Now I live for that. It is so life-giving to me. I wouldn't spend a, I wouldn't start a day without it. Ask yourself, what in your life is life-giving? Who in your life is life-giving? Do you have those people in your life that are life-giving to you? People that whenever you're around them, you feel encouraged. Whenever you're around them, you feel more hopeful. Spending time with them, after spending time with them, you walk away and you feel, you know, you're feeling better about yourself. You're feeling better about your life. You're feeling more hopeful. Maybe your circumstances are still in the pits, but... Now it just, you seem lighter because you spent time with this person and you just feel better about yourself. And I don't mean, you know, people that, that always agree with you. I don't mean people that always tell you how wonderful you are and what a great person you are. There are those people too. That's not really life-giving. I want people that love me enough to be honest with me and encourage me. Tell me the things that I don't want to hear, but I need to hear. And, and people who will challenge me in my walk with Christ. Someone whose example I can look at and say, you know, I'd, I wish my life was a little bit more like them. Then I could, you know, that, th those are life-giving. When we spend time with people like that, people who are walking in faith in their own lives and we can see the fruit of it. Proverbs 15, 14 says, A wise person is hungry for knowledge, always wanting more, while fools feed on trash. What are you feeding on? What am I feeding on? What are we feeding on? Is it life-giving? Does it build us up? Does it challenge us? Or does it drag us down? If you've set your heart on something more, then begin to become aware of just what is influencing your life and how much. Abraham Lincoln once said, who writes the nation's songs shapes the nation's souls. It's because the songs that we sing again and again or that we listen to again and again, the ones we know by heart, the ones that seep into our subconscious, they shape the way we think and what we believe and what we become without us ever knowing. And it's not just songs. It's all of the influence around us. Like molded clay. Like molded clay. Yeah, just it shapes us, it molds us. And so become aware of the influences. And, and, you know, maybe there's some that you need to get rid of, some that you need to at least severely limit and, and, and break some ties with that are dragging you down and pulling you away from the something more life that God wants to give you. And in its place, fill yourself with life-giving influences. Things that breathe life and breathe faith and breathe hope in us. Remember Romans 10, 17, faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of God. 
that should be one of the key influences in our lives that we begin to immerse ourselves more and more in God's word and it in us. Let's have the worship team come on up. I hope you heard this message in the way that it was intended because it could very easily deteriorate into a do this and don't do that kind of thing. That's not it at all. What I want is for us to begin to look at our lives and begin to take them before Jesus and say, okay, Jesus, I want, I'm thirsty for more of you. I want more of you. I want to live in that fullness of life that you have for us. Now begin to lead me in my choices. Begin to lead me in the things that I do. Begin to lead me in those things that, that are affecting my life that I don't even realize. You know, I, I, I'm not in any way advocating that we back off from, from all that's around us and hold ourselves up and, and oh, Jesus, come soon, quick, you know, quickly, because I'm, I'm, you know, not going to make it much like, oh, no, Jesus told us to go out into the world. The thing is, we need to be aware so that we are the ones influencing the world. The church is here to influence the world, not the other way around. And as we are here to influence the world and not the other way around, as, as we do that, we're going to see God begin to use us in ways that we never could have imagined. But it's not going to happen just by going through life, our daily routine, never thinking about anything. Let's be intentional about how we live for Jesus. Sound good? All right.